What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. Today, I spoke with Nick Patrick, one of my very good friends from college. He's one of the owners of the law firm of Wendy Hudson and Nick Patrick. Uh, they're attorneys in North Carolina. Nick practices both criminal defense and family law. I think we had a really fun conversation, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. How's it going, Nick? Thanks for taking the time to uh, chat with me today. It's going pretty well, Bill. Thanks for having me on. So why don't we just get started with you telling us a little bit about your background, where you went to school, where you grew up, stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, originally I'm from Manahawkin, New Jersey. It's a small town in uh, South Jersey uh, by the beach. Uh, from there, uh, went to York College of Pennsylvania. That's where you and I met. Mm -hmm. um, had some good times there, with a criminal justice major. Uh, from there, um, ended up taking a year off after school, just kind of trying to figure out what I was doing. I mean, initially the plan was to be a law enforcement officer. Right. Uh, that didn't shake out for, for a few different reasons. And I guess kind of for the best, actually, given where I'm at right now. Um, but yeah, after taking that year off, you know, I did some odd jobs, uh, kind of went back to my my high school job and my college summer job of, you know, being a line cook uh, at a mm -hmm. restaurant. I worked at Dick's for a little bit during that period of oh, time. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, no, no, no <laughs> I didn't. I did not really enjoy that job. Working retail was not for me. Um, yeah. And uh, landscaped a little bit that summer. And um, I think I was at, at one of the job sites eating lunch when I found out that I had got accepted into law school. And mm -hmm. um, that summer, summer of 2015, ended up down here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Started law school um, that, uh, that August, I guess it was. And it was only one law school you applied to, is that right? Uh, no, I only applied to two. I applied to okay. Coastal, Florida Coastal in Jacksonville and um, Elon. Okay. Uh, well, those are the two I got accepted to. I think I actually applied to like four or five schools. Uh, cool. The reason for that was my, my LSAT score was not good. Right. Uh, the first time I took it really discouraged me. Um, mm -hmm. So I ended up, that's why I ended up taking that year off because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Uh, I was talked into taking it again by my uncle. So I, I buckled down, took a prep course, got one point better on my LSAT after the prep course. Okay. Uh, hey, that was enough. That was enough to get me into <laughs> to Elon. Get you that, over the finish you know, line. Yeah. 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 So, my grades were pretty good in college too. So that, I think that helped more than anything, honestly. Right. Uh, it definitely so, didn't want me. <laughs> how did you make that decision to go from New Jersey down to North Carolina to go to Elon? Um, I don't know. I kind of had it in my mind that I always wanted to end up in North Carolina. Don't really know why. Uh, vacation down there once as a kid or down here as a kid. And that's thought all it was great. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of from then, I just had like this, uh, this love for North Carolina. And so um, when I saw that there was a school, a law school there, uh, I decided to apply just to put some feelers. I had no idea where Greensboro was and had no idea what the middle of the state was like. Mm -hmm. uh, but it ended up working out. And I love it. I mean, this, this Greensboro is awesome. It's an amazing city. It's a, it's a really, it's like a smaller city. Um, it's got a, a really good community feel to it. Um, and I mean, you, you know, you can drive in just in around Greensboro. I mean, you get city, you get farms, you get just normal suburbs. So it's, it's a nice mix and a good mix of people. Okay. And so what are you doing now? So now I, um, I'm a practicing attorney, um, passed the bar in 2018. Uh, so I'm a practicing attorney right at a law school, uh, jumped in with both feet and opened up a firm with a classmate of mine, um, was Wendy Smith when I met her, not Wendy Hudson now, mm -hmm. um, 
So she, her and I met in law school initially. They, they broke us up into small groups of like 20, 25 students yeah. called cohort. So her and I were in the same cohort. So for the whole first year, we had, you know, all of our core classes together. It wasn't until the second year that everyone was kind of able to branch out and you started mixing it up. But um, Wendy went back to school. Um, you know, some people would consider her you know, like a non-traditional student. Right. Went back a little bit. She had already had a very successful nursing career. Um, she was kind of going through some, you know, like a nasty custody, family law, divorce dispute mm -hmm. um, with her husband, and that triggered her to go to law school. But, you know, she approached me the second year and said, you know, I've kind of had my eye on you. I've been looking for classmates because I know that I'm not at this stage of my life going to have a boss, so I'm going to open up my own firm and okay. something you'd like to take on with me. And I said, yeah, absolutely. That sounds terrifying. Let's do it. And that that was in your second year that you started planning it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So and so, go ahead. Was there ever a, a thought that you were like prior to when she brought this up? Were you like, oh, I'll get a job at a small firm, medium firm, large firm? What was what was your thought process like before that? Uh, you know, before that, I didn't really think about it that much. You know, at that point, my goal was kind of just to make it through law, make it through the first year of law school. Yeah, you know, that make it to Friday. Yeah, pretty much, man. <laughs> to the end of the day, you know, make it yeah. to the end of this sentence in this case I'm reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I hadn't really thought about it. I guess in the back of my mind, I always, you know, figured I wanted to work in a small to medium sized firm, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, you know, just had heard like horror stories about big law and it's just kind of right. been like a meat grinder. Um, so I kind of had envisioned a small to medium sized firm. So, you know, that I never envisioned when I, you know, walked in day one that I was going to walk out starting my, my own firm mm -hmm. with a classmate. So that was a, an interesting twist. <laughs> and then, so when Wendy approaches you in your second year, your 2L year, were you like all in after that? Or were you still considering other options or what? Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I told you, know, she, she said, you know, you don't have to give me an answer right now. I said, you know, that sounds good. Let me think about it. But, you know, you know, we still had two more years, well, a year and a half. It was a two right. and a half year program of school left. Let's just see where we end up. But tentatively, that was the plan. Um, I had considered like, you know, what if things change? And I figured, you know, I'll just do what everyone else is going to do and just take the bar and start applying places. But as we got into like, you know, the back half of the second year and the third year, it became way more concrete. Mm -hmm. Her and I actually took a, uh, a law firm. It's called law firm management over the, the winter break one year. Really? Uh, yeah, that was, that was really neat. So it was actually, it was yeah. run by, um, a local attorney who owns a, a small firm. It's like a bankruptcy firm mainly. Mm. And, um, the course was basically, you know, just what it's like to run a small firm, kind of some things he picked up along the way. Uh, the, the final, you know, was creating a business plan. Um, so we actually ended up using that business plan oh, okay. as a part of business plan. And it was funny because I actually, I, fa I found that business plan in like a box of my old law school stuff, um, like in the fall of last year. Did it hurt to and read it? Oh, we read through it. Yeah, <laughs> we read through it. No, actually, I, I gave a copy to Wendy when I found it. And we, you know, we had a good laugh over it. And looking through it, like we were actually really close on all. Really, of them. wow, that's surprising. Yeah, did a good job. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, my thoughts from three years ago are like completely terrible compared to now. You know, so that's that's good that you guys already you knew what you wanted that that long ago and that early. Oh yeah, oh yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that definitely helped. Like having a plan. It's not something we slapped together. You know, mm -hmm. as we were prepping for the bar right after the bar exam. So we actually had like you know we had a pretty good plan going into it. Um, and it all kind of worked out and I'm, I'll, I'll tell you this. Cause I know Wendy would, would tell you if she was here, she's an open book, but I mean, I, I passed the bar on my first go. 
um, which we took it in the February one was the one we mm-hmm. all took initially. You know, Wendy had to take it a second time. She missed it by like three points. Um, so we actually launched the firm in June of 2018, but it was just in my name because I was the only practicing attorney. Right. Uh, she did end up passing the bar the second time. So she was licensed and ready to practice. I think it was like the fall, uh, maybe like November of that year. Um, so for, for the first almost six months, I was just in there by myself, mm-hmm. kind of figuring it out. Still yes. kind of figuring it out. <laughs> what was what was that like to, was that like a gut drop moment where you were like, oh my God, there were supposed to be two of us and now there's just one. How did you deal with uh, that? Yeah, kind of, because it was, you know, she, Wendy had a, not just a, a successful career, she actually launched a really successful business in her, in her mm-hmm. previous um, career and it did very well. So she had the capital to float us during that period of time. Okay. So yeah, I remember, you know, I was just, we had the office all furnished, you know, we got all the furniture from different places. We bought a little bit, but mainly people helped us out, gave us stuff they weren't using mm-hmm. and uh, ended up getting on all of the appointed lists in a county, uh, Randolph County, the county that office was in. So explain um, what that is. So pointed list. Yeah. So um, if you think, you know, for, for criminal criminal law, at least uh, a lot of counties have public defender's office. I think most people are familiar with those uh, public defender's office. Um, in North Carolina, not every county has one. Mm-hmm. So what they do is there's a, you know, a list of private attorneys in the county who you know, agree to get paid, you know, this uh, state rate. It's obviously a lot less than your what you would bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who would qualify for public defenders get somebody appointed to them from that list. And there's a there's a criminal list. They have um, you know contempt. So any, anytime your liberty's at stake, basically, okay. Whether it's going to jail or losing your kids or something like that, you know, you can apply for court appointed counsel. Mm-hmm. So I got on all those lists, not knowing what I was doing. So that covers criminal, civil contempt, child support contempt. Um, parent representation in cases where, um, like in New Jersey, I think it was called DIFIS down here. It's just called the Department of Social Services. It, you know, the state removes children from, from parents. Um, and of course, criminal has both district and superior, so felonies and misdemeanors. Okay. So I just got on all those lists just to try to get my feet wet. And I remember I got my first appointment, like stack of appointments. I picked them up at the courthouse in my mailbox there. And I just remember going back to the office and sitting down and uh, I was like, all right, I got some cases. And I just said, well, now what? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what to do. So yeah. I just kind of felt it out and um, got it rolling. And that was, that was a terrifying, like six, the whole first year, honestly, was terrifying. Mm-hmm. It, so what was your first time ever going to court like? Um, I just, I remember driving, it's like a 30 minute drive from my house. I just remember driving in my first day of criminal court. You know, I had like four or five cases on little misdemeanor stuff. And I just had, I had no idea what to do. I walked in, I didn't know anybody except, you know, the, the two attorneys I had met and some of the bailiffs, the two attorneys who who got me on the list and got me familiar, but I just didn't know what to do. So I just remember Mm -hmm. I had just like my files and I sat down across from one of the district attorneys and I was like, so, you know, this person's charged with this, uh, what are you willing to do? And um, thankfully, and this is across the board, everybody in that county, the, the, you know, the court staff, the judges, the bailiffs, mm-hmm. the local bar, just the other attorneys there, even the district attorneys who are my adversaries and, you know, in that forum, um, everybody was super willing to help and mm-hmm. super receptive. I just, I, I know for the first two years, I just bothered people with questions all the time. Um, 
but yeah, the district attorney who was there that day, uh, Reggie, Reggie Williams was his name. And I still talk to him. He's in a different County now. Uh, but he was, he was awesome. I mean, he, he really helped me out. He said, you know, kind of, this is what our policies are with the district attorney's office on these kind of cases. And, you know, just tell me a little bit about your person. It kind of walked me through my own job. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, so that was day one. That was, that was really something. Right. So what, what, when you start the business, what were the first, like, what were some of the initial challenges that, that you maybe didn't foresee happening? Um, and, and what did you do to overcome them? Um, I mean, initially small, small stuff, just like office management type wise. Um, I mean, literally everything, everything. I mean, just <laughs> trying to, cause we didn't, you know, we had never run a, you know, Wendy had run a business, but it was uh-huh. in the medical field. Um, you know, so we didn't, we didn't know how to organize files. What was the best way to just run like your normal office systems you have in place. Um, you know, who's, who's going to answer phones. Cause we didn't have a secretary at that time. So what do we do yeah. about that? Um, and just kind of just really trying to plan out your day with going to court. Um, also, I think one of the biggest challenges in that first year, especially as you start getting like private clients coming in to, to pay you to hire you, uh, managing expectations, mm. um, that was a big one. I mean, we both learned the hard way, you know, cause you could, you know, someone comes in for a consultation and you know, you're, you're, you have to sell yourself to them because right. there's how many other attorneys they could go to. So, you know, I think everyone's instinct would be to just kind of tell people what they want to hear. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, without a ton of experience or any experience under our belt, like you really don't know realistically how this case is going to shake out with this certain fact pattern. Right. You know, I didn't have the benefit then of being able to say, you know, most judges in this County are going to see this, you know, this issue mm-hmm. this way, or they're more inclined to do this or that. So you kind of just tell, oh yeah, I think we can probably get that done. And man, yeah. you know, telling people what they want to hear is not, that's, that's a no-go. Don't do that. Right. You got to be just honest about the situation and you got to, you got to be able to break bad news. So that was mm-hmm. one of the biggest learning curves we had. So like, like making the sale while also not over-promising. Absolutely. It's a fine line to walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, were there any pleasant surprises along the, along the line while you were opening up and getting going? Um, yeah, I think kind of goes back to what I was saying, just, just how uh, friendly everyone around here. And I mean, not just in the County that I was on the appointed list on, cause I was starting to get familiar with all those people, but even when I would travel to other counties and, you know, the opposing attorneys on other side, uh, on the other side, um, everybody was uh, really good to work with. And I didn't feel like anybody took advantage of the fact that I was a brand new attorney. Mm-hmm. Everybody really played fair. And um, in terms of like your adversaries. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they would, you know, they would help out. And I mean, even after I just, cause I didn't know any better, I'd ask them, you know, how do you think I did on this case now that the case is over and everyone was willing to give me feedback and like yeah. honest feedback. So that was one of the biggest surprises. Cause I just, I just assumed, you know, cause I didn't know, I mean, you, you go in there against somebody and they're just going to do everything to, to win and do what's best for their client. But mm-hmm. um, everybody was extremely willing to help. And, you know, like I said, just played fair, didn't hit below the belt and take advantage of the fact that we were new. Yeah, so, and what, what areas of law do you practice in? So um, I would say the bulk of my practice is probably criminal defense, mm-hmm. um, d- domestic work. So, you know, divorces, um, dividing up marital assets after a divorce, child custody, that makes a, that's pretty much the biggest bulk of my private practice. 
Um, but all the other stuff on the appointed list, parent representation, as I mentioned before, would, would probably be second or third on that list as far as what most of my time is focused on. But yeah, traffic tickets, criminal defense, domestic work. Um, we did a little bit of general civil stuff early on, did a couple small claims cases. So we were kind of a general practice, but um, you know, going into, you know, this was year four, we've kind of narrowed it down. Wendy basically just sticks with domestic work and I stick to my appointed cases and some domestic work. So what, how is it apportioned now between the appointed stuff and the private clients? Uh, like a percentage? Yeah, like is it 50-50 or something else? No, I'd probably say my appointed work um, for, you know, like I said, for, for Wendy, she's 100% private. She doesn't do any appointed work. Okay. Um, for me, I would probably say it's 80-20 or maybe closer to 90-10 just at this at this specific point in time. I've, I've wrapped a lot of cases up here in the last couple of months, private cases. Oh, okay. All right. So, you know, right so it now, fluctuates depending on the month and what cases you settle or take to trial. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I would say, I mean, there, we've kind of realized there's like an ebb and flow to this, right? So, uh, or a pattern at the very least, you, things really kind of slow down towards the back half of the year. Uh, the beginning of the year is a little bit slow and then right around tax time, you know, boom, there's a flood for everybody. So from like, why do you March, think that is? Tax money, man, works. The lawyers are expensive. They're expensive to hire. Oh, like people are getting their tax returns and being like, I, I got to clear up that thing that I got pending. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Um, that that's more, you see it more almost with like domestic work. But yeah, it really is just like when, as people get money, they have you know more means to hire attorneys. So there's, you know, it kind of booms a little bit from, I would say, March to May. And then it kind of starts to tail off a little bit. And then towards the end of the year, things really slow down. Now the criminal work, the appointed work that never slows down. Cause that's mm -hmm. just, you know, it keeps going. Right. Um, you know, they have, if they have first appearances, per, people are getting appointed. So. So do you approach a, you know, criminal defendant differently than you would approach somebody who comes to you with some sort of domestic dispute? Um, Yes, yes and no. I mean, everything's kind of the same, right? Like somebody comes in with an issue where you get appointed and, you know, the first thing you do is, you know, you listen to your client's side of the story. Um, you know, then if you maybe reach out to opposing counsel, you reach out to the officer or the district attorney and you get their, their side of the story mm -hmm. and you just kind of evaluate the case, the facts, the evidence from there. Um, so it's all kind of the same. I think the big difference is it's probably mainly just the way you talk to people. Um, like with my appointed clients, I can kind of talk a little more freely and kind of just like we're having a conversation now. I mm. would say for my private clients, maybe I'm a little more polished in those meetings. Um, and that's just something I found. I mean, my appointed clients, my criminal clients, you know, they're just very to the point and just mm -hmm. it's all out there. Tell me, tell me it is how it is, you know? Yeah, they, they appreciate someone who's kind of just going to sit down and just kind of chop it up with them. And I mean, right. that's, that's what I've found. So that's that's kind of how I approach it. So have you done many trials or you settle everything or plea everything before trial? Um, that depends on the case. So I've done, you know, so, so district court here in North Carolina is, um, you know, you don't get a, you don't get a jury trial in district court, whether, um, you know, for criminal stuff, at least. Okay. I guess you could ask for a jury trial in a, in a district civil matter. Mm -hmm. That's very rare. Um, so, you know, a district court trial is just a bench trial, just you and okay. the DA and the judge and the, the judge is the finder of facts as well mm -hmm. as, you know, the, the judge. Um, okay. but I have, so I've done, I've done several of those in district court. Um, I've done at this point three, I've done three jury trials. And so, oh, really? Mm -hmm. so it was two DWIs and one that was a, um, 
possession of um, possession of heroin, possession of uh, marijuana, marijuana paraphernalia, mm. and possession of um, drug paraphernalia. How do you approach trials differently if it's a bench trial versus if it's a jury trial? Um, that, that's actually a really good question. So, I mean, you, you got to think about who, who's the finder of fact, right? So mm. when you have a bench trial, I mean, the judge is supposed to sit kind of without the knowledge they have of the law and just be the finder of fact. This right. is what I find to be true. This is what I you know, find to be false. Um, and you know, realistically, that's not how it's going to go. Yeah. You know, the judges, you know, they've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, They're, yeah. It's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to pull the wool over Separate their that part of your brain out from Right. So it's kind of just a difference of knowing who your audience is. So I mean, with a jury, it, it's, an, it's just an audience of 12 people, 12 folks from the county. And, you know, they're not trained lawyers, you know, they don't really have any legal knowledge. And so it's, it, I find it to be almost easier to, you know, create that doubt, draw that reasonable doubt. Um, with, a, with, with, ju- with a jury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, you know, you're going to get a judge who I, I think probably if I tried my, my second DWI trial in front of just a judge mm-hmm. and, you know, I got a not guilty on it in front of a jury. I, I think it may have gone differently if it was just a judge, you know, because mm-hmm. they would have been able to see through kind of what happened here. Um, a jury, on the other hand, I mean, you can sell things a little differently to them. Mm-hmm. You think, do you think a judge is more doubtful of uh, your case as the defendant? Um. I think they go into everything open-minded, but, you know, they, for lack of a better, they can see through the BS a little better. Okay. <laughs> than, a, you know, than a jury. Cause you know, what, what, you know, what, what does the judge have all day? A bunch of attorneys up in front of them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. giving them the old song and dance, you right, know, right, right, right. And, you, know, you know, they kind of know a little more what's up. What, uh, what's the best result that you've gotten at trial so far? Uh, my two not guilties. Just two not guilties. Not guilties on my DWIs. Yeah. Um, one of them I thought for sure was going to be a not guilty going into it. Mm-hmm. The second one I was I was a little more on the fence. I really could have saw it going either way. Um, but it was just a you know the first one was just a matter of the, the officers just didn't they didn't do enough to collect evidence. The second right. one they tried to, but you know it was a refusal case. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know there was also there was there was another avenue for them to get the evidence that they needed to prove their case and my whole point in that trial was you didn't do it right um, mm-hmm. but you know i, I wasn't 100 percent sure a jury was going to buy that argument i mean there was there was pretty good evidence um but you know at the end of the day they they didn't they didn't have that you know they didn't have that that bac didn't have it right so, so what's it like to get your first you know not guilty verdict were you like freaking out were you did you like yeah i was pumping the courtroom yeah, when I walked out, I, I was on cloud nine when I walked out of that courtroom. And, and a lot of it too was because it was one of the ones that, that you know, you should win. You mm-hmm. know, that, that's what you play for. I mean, so many of these appointed cases, these criminal cases are just, they're bad facts. You know, you, you can't, it's really hard to win if you get yeah. into trial. And that's why there's a lot of pleas. But, you know, this is one that should have been a not guilty. Um, right. And so there was a lot of pressure to, to get, in my mind, the right result. And for somebody with no criminal record and, um, she was, I mean, she was elated, um, at the not guilty. Cause it's a serious thing. You know, you lose your license mm-hmm. for a year. It's on your record. Um, the fines are, you know, that's a lot of money to try to pay. And then, you know, you're on probation. So there's still that chance, you know, if you flub up down the road, you could still end mm-hmm. up in jail. So that felt great. I mean, that was that first not guilty in a jury trial was probably, I would say at this point, the highlight of my career. 
And so what would you say is the most rewarding aspect of helping these people who need help either defending a criminal claim or something in, in the family court arena? Um, I think for my criminal clients, it's, you know, when you can really, when you can help somebody out that just really needs help. And that's what so many of my clients are. I mean, people, it's always, you know, it's, it, they're, they're indigent and they're a defendant and they've got a criminal record. Like this person is just, you know, a terrible person and they don't need to be out on the street, but you know, so many of these people, they just have, you know, mental health issues or substance abuse issues. And, you know, they're, they're not financially well off and they just, they need help. So whenever you can actually get somebody help, um, who, who needs it and who's willing to accept it, that's, that's probably the best part for me. Um, in the, on the civil side, I would say with custody cases is, is, you know, it's, it's a lot of butting heads, right. And the kids are caught in the middle. So Mm -hmm. resolving things without going to trial in a, in a custody case to me is, you know, where, where you can get two people to, to see eye to eye, at least for a little bit and get them to focus on what's important, which is their child or children. Um, that's a big part of it for me too. And then in those nasty custody cases where you have to go to trial, Mm -hmm. you get the right, you know, in your mind, what's the right result, you know, getting your, your client more time with the child. Mm -hmm. But if the other, if if the other home is unsafe or something like that, getting that child out of that home got it, or getting the other parent to recognize, you know, their faults and their issues they have, that that's a big part of it too, making an impact on someone or a child's life. Yeah. This episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast was brought to you by me, Will Ferrero. Uh, I'm an attorney in prior law right here in the Bronx, and we primarily practice in personal injury. However, we do also do a, a variety of areas of practice. So I can help you with just about any sort of legal issue that you might have. I'm admitted to practice both in New York and New Jersey. And if it's not something that I can personally help you with, I can connect you with someone in my network of attorneys who is best equipped to help you with your legal issue. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Bronx Attorney. You can send me an email, Ferrero at Prior Law, or call me at the office, 718-829-0222. And now back to the show. So for your private clients, where do you find that business? Uh, a lot of it, honestly, is word of mouth. Um, we, you know, we practice in mainly you know, Guilford County, Davidson County, Randolph County, and Forsyth County, which kind of, they all connect in a big square. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the middle of the state, so it's, um, it's, it's, more, it's a little more rural. It's uh, very close-knit. It also helps that Wendy was born and raised and went to school in, in the area we, we, we practice in. So she knows so many people so a lot of it's really been word of mouth Mm -hmm. um and and that seems to be largely i mean unless you have a traffic practice where you just need to bring in high volume because you're only charging 75 dollars 100 dollars um you know word of mouth works works just fine i mean you get a little bit of a reputation and and people people find their way in they know i mean you know this is not a super saturated market where there's thousands and thousands and thousands of attorneys I would say you know, the Randolph County bar consists of you know, 20, 25 attorneys. Really? Davidson County is kind of the same. Yeah, there's not a lot and, and not everyone's doing the same stuff. Is that in your practice area or like total? Like total. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, there's not, it's, it's not, it's, it's not a huge number of, of, of people in firms, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, word, word of mouth works fine. That's actually been kind of one of the challenges too, at least cracking into the market in, in Asheboro and in Randolph County, because um, right now it's comprised of there's, there's several attorneys who have been practicing there for, you know, 25 plus years. So, you know, the people who aren't getting appointed attorneys who want to want to and have the means to pay for an attorney kind of already have their attorneys picked out who gotcha. they their family's been using. So it's hard to kind of break into that market when these when these other attorneys have been there for so long. Yeah, it has been. It has been. But um, it's gotten better with with time. Like I said, as you kind of get a reputation, people people do find their way to the door. And we don't need a huge volume of cases. You know, there's just two of us in the in, you know in the office. So you know, right. I think right now, Wendy's private caseload is, she's got more, more, she's got a lot, she's got a lot, uh, almost more than, than she can handle. So it's a fine okay. line between needing enough business, getting enough business, but not getting too much that you start, you know, kind of screwing up. Uh-huh. So, um, I, I would say that's a, a big misconception is people think you just need people coming in the door constantly, mm. but when there's only two of you in the office, I mean, you can't handle that. So, yeah. um, we so haven't, you, have, you have market. employees now. We do. Yeah. We, uh, we have our para- uh, paralegal Renee. She's been with us um, since we, since we opened. Um, she's been great. Uh, she, she worked for an attorney who retired. He, he just pretty much had a criminal practice. So she jumped mm-hmm. in with us. So she had to learn, you know, domestic, you know, domestic work. So okay. we all kind of learned together. And then we recently, um, I'd say probably in the last six months, now she started in February and we picked up a secretary Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean you know our paralegal kind of she mainly just works for Wendy she just because you know Wendy's just doing all this uh, civil domestic work so it's it's a lot of paperwork filings you know discovery just documents to be sifted through and organized um, our, our secretary more just kind of handles my administrative stuff and because I don't have such a big private load I can kind of handle my appointed stuff on my own because there's gotcha. far, far less filings and paperwork and uh-huh. everything like that so it's like less administrative work and more just like lawyer work to do. Yeah. For the most part on the, on the appointed cases. Uh, yeah. I would say that, you know, the administrative, you know, sending out letters of court dates, just, you know, making sure people know when their court dates are putting my schedule together, pulling files, copies, getting stuff mailed out. Um, just not just your normal administrative stuff. Mm. And, you know, Renee needs to work with, with Wendy, you know, drafting motions and gotcha. drafting orders and complaints and meeting with clients. So so where did you find your employees? Did you, was it like word of mouth you found in these people or you went online and listed it? Yeah, I think, I, I forget, I, Wendy had some tenuous connection to Renee and that's how Renee found her way um, mm. to us. Our secretary is actually um, one of Wendy's daughters. Um, so that's, that's kind of how she ended up there. So gotcha. um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how we, we found them, but it's been, it's been great. It's been great. I mean, they're, they're, they're awesome. And you know, Renee too, she's got such a great sense of humor and she's very bubbly. So she, she keeps the office nice and light. Yeah. It's important to have a good workplace culture. Oh, you have to. Yeah. You got to laugh. You got to laugh. I mean, this stuff's stressful enough. You don't need a, you don't, you don't need it to be all gloom and doom in the office. Right. Your coworkers also stressing you out. Oh yeah. Don't need that. None of that. So, you know, why should people hire you guys rather than these staples that have been in the community for 25 years? What sets Um, you guys apart? I think the main thing, and this is kind of what Wendy and I discussed um, when we started this, was we wanted to make people feel like we gave a crap, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so we wanted to try to, you know, be a firm that, you know, you had good communication with us, and you could come in and meet with us, and you'd feel comfortable, and 
you know, you'd get our story too. So you, you'd get to kind of know us a little, you know, on the personal side, you know, not just the business side of things and mm-hmm. handling your case. Um, so, I mean, I can't say that these other firms aren't doing that also, but that's just yeah. something we've, we've tried to stress, just making people, people feel comfortable and, and like they're heard and that they can, they can really come to us and, and talk to us. And, you know, I always tell people, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, not yeah. shying away from client contact. So I think that's something we've done well. And I think that's, um, especially with domestic work, I think that's what a lot of these clients want. They want someone to actually to listen to them. Their, yeah, exactly. Not mm-hmm. just, oh, it's another case. And, and I only talk to the paralegal. Like we, we yeah. didn't want to do yeah, a firm yeah. like that. <clears throat> yeah, I've had clients that have had that story before. Previous law firms, they're like, they won't let me speak to an attorney. <laughs> and they hate yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a big thing is just ha- having a face and a, and a person, you know, you can contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you like being a lawyer more or do you like being a business owner more? I like being a lawyer more. There's this lawyer stuff is fun. I like it. The, and the business side is the side that that's been the hardest part for me <laughs> is learning I, the, that stuff. Yeah. I had no background in this. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I mean, I think this year has probably been the first year, the last six months, I've actually felt like really comfortable in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a really big learning curve, you know, but yeah, definitely doing the law, the law stuff is, yeah. is uh, that's, I like that way more than, you know, running bills and making sure payrolls run and yeah. you know, making sure the phones are still connected and, you know, everything like that, buying insurance. So mm. Uh, that, that's what kills me. <laughs> and so how, how, like, what did you do to learn the business side? Like, how did you learn to do that? You make mistakes. Yeah. You just went all, all on the fly. You're learning as you go. Make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, we shelled out a lot of money early on and then we just kind of started, you know, narrowing down things we don't need, see where we could cut fat, mm-hmm. um, you know, just trial and error. I mean, that was really the biggest thing, especially like figuring out office systems and, and just kind of, how to run the office. That was so much trial and error. And we still don't have it perfected yet, but it's a whole lot better than it was four years ago. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's always evolving, right? As you go along, you find better ways to do things. Yeah. Just try to be as efficient as possible, which, you know, honestly, we're, we're not there yet, but we're a whole lot closer. Mm-hmm. And what do you like best about being a lawyer? Um, I really like talking to people. I'm an extrovert. So mm-hmm. I get to meet a lot of really cool people, a lot of really neat people. You, you get, you get a lot of people's stories and, um, I mean, especially on the criminal side of things, it's a lot of just wheeling and dealing, making deals, talking Mm -hmm. to the DAs, you know, talking to the officers. Um, So really just meeting people is probably my favorite thing that, and, you know, obviously the the feeling you get when you, when you, you get the, the right result, the best result for your client, that feels great. Mm -hmm. Um, But mainly just, yeah, just being, and not being in the office all the time, because I do litigation. I'm always at the courthouse. So I'm not just Uh sitting behind a desk all day. I'm out and about, I'm moving around. So I like that. How often are you in court? every day really every day today actually today i wasn't today was the first time well i mean last week was judges conference so there just wasn't court but mm-hmm. besides that i mean i'm there in some form or fashion every single day wow okay yeah, yeah i'm rarely in the office all right and so what advice would you have to a law student that is looking at their, you know, job prospects and they're like, I don't want to work at, you know, this firm or that firm. I want to do my own thing. And like you, they have no experience, you know, running a business and they're like, I want to give it a shot. What would you tell them? Um, you know, first I would tell them, and this is something that was, you know, 
driven into our heads all throughout law school. And probably one of the reasons I really loved Elon, because all the professors always stressed, get the happy job, not the high paying job, Mm. because the burnout rate in this profession is so high, right? So I, I would say, you know, don't shy away from the, the small one or two attorney law firm that's looking to maybe pick up their first associate, you know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to do something you never would have thought to do um, and get a mentor. You know, I would say, you know, find a mentor, you know, through whether it's an internship, whether if it's you just call, call an attorney's office and ask them questions, just try to meet people and mm-hmm. figure out what all the options are before you pick them. Don't limit yourself. Cause you know, you could, you could open up, you hang your own shingle and you could go into a small firm. You can go into a big firm. You could work uh, for a nonprofit. You could work for the PD's office, the district attorney's office. And there's so many things you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really try to talk to as many people as you can to find out what all the options are. That's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I'll meet people and they'll be like, my husband's a lawyer and he hates it. And it's like, well, he's only worked for an insurance company for 30 years. So maybe Maybe that's why he hates it, not actually practicing law. Um, yeah, he doesn't being a lawyer. He hates practicing that type of law in that environment. Exactly. So I think that's great advice for people. Do you have a mentor? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. And I, I told, I told this, this gentleman that I kind of looked at him as such. Um, yeah, he was, um, he, he's just, he, you know, owns his own firm. It's just him. He's on all the appointed lists. He was a mm-hmm. district attorney for a while. Um, met him in Randolph County. You know, we have a lot of time during, you know, when we have juvenile court in our parent defender capacity, um, kind of just sitting in a room waiting for your case to be called. And so I got to talking to him and he's been super helpful. Always will sit down and chat with me. You know, we, we play golf and we, we spend time together. We get lunch. Him and, and um, one of the judges over there has, has since day one, like, hey, you want to go get lunch today? Mm-hmm. And so I would say between the two of that, really, I'd say almost, I'd say the whole Randolph County bar, I kind of look at all of them as my mentor. mentor. <laughs> yeah, because everyone, it, I mean, it's, it, people don't believe me, you yeah. know, when I throw them, but I mean, for real, everyone is so helpful because I, I, they don't have that mindset where they look at you as competition. You know, it's, you represent our local bar. We want you to do is the best job. job. You can. So yeah. everybody, everybody, but I would say those those two people I mentioned in particular stick out in my mind, but everybody's helped me out in some form. So do you reach out to other attorneys like, hey, can you give me a hand with this? Or, hey, what would you do about that? Or, you know, like, are you just calling them up, cold calling them, asking them questions? Yes, I mean, you know, because most of the attorneys in the, the Randolph County Bar are on at least one of the appointed lists. And so they're always around the courthouse. So you can always find someone sitting in the lawyer's room waiting for their case to get called or, and, you know, just, hey, you know, I, you know, I got this case, would you mind chatting with me about it for a couple minutes? And I've never, not one person has ever told me no. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Just picking people's brains, man. That's just, that's a big thing. So I know some young attorneys that are like super reluctant to reach out to somebody and they're like, oh, that, that, that person doesn't want to waste their time with me, blah, blah, blah. What would you have to say about that? worst they're going to say is no, right? Answer's always no if you never ask. So. Is it your experience that anybody has ever told you no? Not one time. I've, I've, never had, I've never had an attorney who I've said, you know, hey, I know you practice in this area or, you know, I've, I've got this issue I've not had before. Have, you know, have you run into this or would you mind talking? Not, not one time. And it's not just in Randolph County. You know, the other counties I've been into, if I've asked people, not one time has anyone told me no. People who don't even know me, they just, they'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll chat with you for a minute. Yeah, that's great. 
So yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. This is a, a phenomenal area to practice um, law in and, you know, coming from New Jersey now I'm in Randolph County, North Carolina. It's like, mm-hmm. how did I get here? But you know, I'm super, I feel so fortunate and so happy that I, however it happened, I ended up here and yeah. ended up in that courthouse with those people it has just been an absolute blessing. That's great. Sounds like, sounds like you really found what you want to do. I think so for now anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got one last question. It's yeah. The most difficult one. Okay. Would you rather live in a grandfather clock or have candy cane legs? <laughs> I'm taking the I'm taking the candy cane legs all day, man. I'm taking the candy. I can you have it, folks. <laughs> What's that? I said because then I can keep practicing law. It's gonna be kind of go. hard. Yeah, you can't you practice know. law from a grandfather clock. I, mean, I suppose you can in this day and age. If, you know, you can do things remotely. As long as you got to do Zoom. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be able to move around. Though. I'll take the candy cane legs all day. <laughs> all right, Nick. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. This was really fun. Absolutely, Bill. Thanks for having me Take on. Take care, man. bud. Been a pleasure. We'll see you, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bronx Attorney Broadcast. Please like, review, and subscribe so we can help the channel continue to grow. And if you're interested in connecting with any of the guests, please let me know, and I'd be happy to make the introduction.